0: Back to the Punk Till I Die
1: podcast, episode number one hundred forty-one. How you
2: doing, Neil? I'm doing fine, Tom. Yeah, on a Sunday morning, it's uh, it's it's going good. And you know what? I'm happy with
1: easy, easy like Sunday morning, Neil. Easy Um, like Sunday, easy like Sunday morning. Now
2: you you guys are lucky to have us today because originally I didn't think I was gonna I was gonna be around this
1: morning to have us today.
2: Yes, yes, because um originally i was going to be gone all weekend so it just so turned out that i was able actually, to actually you know what you
1: know what when we do another episode where it's just the two of us we're going to get into this a little bit because right. i literally i literally can't get you to drive an hour and a half to a show <laughs> and you're driving six hours to get this cat from hell but anyway we'll, t- we'll talk about this later we'll talk okay. about your priorities later neil <laughs> all right we'll discuss it we'll go through it we'll have a full therapy session on the Punk Till I Die podcast, so of course you can, so so we we have a couple of episodes coming up, and or we had planned where we're actually talking to a couple of European bands, where you never it's sort of hit or miss, where you never know exactly what's going to happen. So we actually recorded the interview sort of separately, not knowing how we were going to edit it or whether we we're going to stick a couple of them together. So that's going to be coming up in a minute. But of course you can reach us at the Punk Till I Die podcast. On Facebook or Punk Till I Die Seventy Seven at Gmail. We actually have a bunch of mail. I, I want to read it when we get a chance to get caught up. So
2: Yeah. Um and so okay, so at the end of episode one forty, you might have noticed that we actually had kind of a new theme song. And um we were lucky, uh one of our lovely listeners, uh, Ryan Levson, I believe, right? Yes. Um, Ryan with his uh, what's the name I think of the from – Portland or something. Was it the Pivots or something like that? What was it? it was a bunch of mailmen. Yeah, the Pivots. The Pivots. Exactly. The Pivots. Yeah. Um, so they recorded us, uh, you know, a 30-second. lot got
1: a lot of, of mailmen uh, contingency. Yeah, like we that. do.
2: Yeah. Even, even with all my dissing of the U.S. mail service, we have a lot exactly. of uh, mail listeners. So that's good. Maybe,
1: maybe having all these – Friendly mailmen can offset Neil. Yes, Neil's constant badgering of the post
2: office hey, if somehow offset. If it makes him do a better job, I'm all for it. Um, I and
1: well, listen, the ones who listen to us all do a great job. They Neil. do. They're, they're, they're fantastic. Notch. They're yes. out there. They'll even even if somebody's parked in front of a mailbox, they'll actually get out of their jeep and go deliver the mail.
2: Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we wanted to say anyway, thank you for sending that song in. We love it, and uh, you would have heard it at the end of our last episode before our regular outro so, song. So Ryan so.
1: is the guy who took my amazing vocal performance for "Careless Whisper," the Wham! classic, <laughs> and made it into a song. I think he kind of did that like a home, like a home computer job. But this is his, yeah, this is his band, the Piffits. and I love it. It's it's great. Yeah. I, 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 uh, It it it's great for a couple of reasons. A, I just I love that people who don't know us are willing to sort of give of their creative time to us. I I just that gives me sort of a warm fuzzy feeling inside. And also, maybe eventually we can quit using all these copyrighted songs, just in case we could potentially avoid a lawsuit later on down
2: the road. So I mean, we're
1: 140 episodes, 41 episodes in. I mean, we're probably already screwed if somebody wants to come after us.
2: But I agree. But I think the uh, I think that Dead Boys intro, uh, the Sonic Reducer is just so.
1: It is great. Everybody hears that. Well, and, that. and, and the, probably,
2: and the probably seven, when people hear that now, they think they're going to start hearing our stupid voices right after. They exactly. Hear that. <laughs> some, some,
1: some loser puts on a dead Boys record, and they're like salivating like Pavlov's dog, waiting to hear our, our
2: <laughs>
1: Voices, right? Yeah. And then they're disappointed when Stiv comes on.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So uh, anyway, so okay, so that we want to talk about that. What else do we want to talk about real quick, Neil?
2: Um. Well, you you talked about the Europe the European thing. So we got some at least one European that we're talking to today, I believe. Correct.
1: Yes. And we, yeah we might have some other, we we, kind of got some other stuff tentatively planned. So, but you, you kind of, it's kind of a wild card. You never know what's going to happen. You never know how good the English is going to be. You never know how good your connections are going to be. And so we always sort of hedge our bets on these things. And like I said, so we sort of, this is a little, you know, we're going to go to the interview next and I think you're really going to enjoy it. But this one really turned out well. Um, we we had a lot of fun a fun doing it so
0: I,
2: th- I think uh, but I think this is a, this is our show in a nutshell so we can't you can't really pigeonhole I mean yeah we we play a lot of obviously a lot of early punk stuff Tom plays a lot of 90s punk stuff we do a lot of that but also our show is all over the board right we've interviewed we've interviewed authors we're always happy
1: happy when that happens honestly yeah I mean that's that's because
2: punk rock is this huge wide thing of all these different artistic people right and um and you're gonna you're gonna see that today so uh I think it's a really I think it's a really good interview that went in a lot of interesting a lot of interesting ways actually I'd love to have him on again I think it actually, was, it was yeah. very
1: fun. Well, and as usual, we never really write any questions down. So then we got done. It's like, Oh crap, I should ask this. I should ask that. But here's, here's the other thing I wanted to mention. Um, so we played our, we played episodes out of order. We put them up, we yes. put episodes up out of order. So we had recorded before we went to Siren Records, a really great, honestly a fun, great episode with a guy named Ryan mm-hmm. who's in a band called 500 miles to Memphis uh, out of Cincinnati. Different Ryan. Though. I, no, not,
2: not that same Ryan Lebson guy. This is a different one. No, man. no.
1: Yeah. Different yeah. Ryan. One yeah. of our many, one of our many Ryans. Yeah. And, uh, we had a great time and, and he got bumped a couple of spots and I actually feel bad about it because it wasn't, it wasn't like we bumped it cause we didn't think it was good. It was, it was very fun. We had a great time talking to him. It's a great episode. Don't be afraid that we bumped it because of any reason like that. If you haven't listened to it yet. So yeah, no. So anyway, our apologies to, to Ryan and 500 miles to Memphis who just put out a new record and we, uh so uh, anyway, that'll be coming up, and uh, as of, as of anyway, right now, episode 141, this is, I mean, are we ready? Are we ready to introduce this, Neil, and go back to our lives?
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, let's do it.
1: So this is um, a, a guy from Switzerland. He runs a record label called Voodoo Rhythm Records. He fronts a band called The Monsters. He's a Svengali in Sweden of, uh, like, uh, just a punk rock, junk rock, trash rock, all kinds Kinds of crazy music he puts out, and he's a heck of a funny guy too. So yeah, he loves it this all. is Reverend Beatman Zeller from uh, Bern, Switzerland. I hope you enjoy it. We are happy to have with us today, all the way from Bern, Switzerland, Neil. I think this is the furthest geographically away we've ever had a guest.
2: Yeah, we've had people Reverend, from England before, and we—I know we had yep. Japan, and we've had Japan. So oh, Japan, that's yeah. right. But we
1: have the Reverend Beatman, who I like to call the the Jello Biafra of Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> Reverend Beatman with us. How that, are you doing, it, Reverend? Is that an insult? <laughs> no, that's a compliment. How are you doing, Beatman?
3: Yeah, I'm very good. That's uh, such a great compliment. Cello Biafra is super body, super great guy. I love him a lot. I met him a lot of time. He's uh, fantastic.
1: Well, that's, you know, that's good. Well, you know, t- the reason I say that is because obviously you front you front a band that's popular in your home country, but you also run a label. And you're, you might be better known as, as a label guy at this point than a musician, right? Or is it you're still better known as a musician, you think?
3: Yeah, it's on and off. It's different people I attract with the label because it's a wide uh, range of music styles, kind of, you can say. And in my, in my music, I just make pure punk rock or, or some, stuff like that. So there's a lot of different people knowing me either from the label or from the music So.
1: So, so it's funny. We were talking real briefly before you before we started recording. So your kind of professional name is is Reverend Beatman. Are you like ordained? Could you like perform a wedding? Are you an actual reverend? Did you go through and get the paperwork for that?
3: <laughs> I am. I am. But I'm not. So, but I'm not a, a Christian reverend. I'm just a reverend that preaches rock and roll and blues trash.
0: But you and can. But you can. You can I saw the
3: people, light though? in 2000, and I, I decided to preach the shit out of everybody on this planet.
1: <laughs> but 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 you can can you like marry people? Can you perform like wedding ceremonies,
3: and that kind of thing? Of course, I can do that. Everybody can do that. So, <laughs> oh, is that right?
1: Okay, So here you have to be like in the U.S. You have to actually have like paperwork to do that.
3: You need paperwork to have a regular Christian marriage, stuff like that. But marriage is not about that. Marriage is if two people get together and they want to show their parents, hey, we want to stick their life together forever and ever. That's everybody can do that. So, you know, if if you trust these people, this person can do that for you. So and uh, that's 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 the story of marriage.
1: That's a beautiful sentiment, isn't it, Neil?
2: It really is. Yes. Who
1: exactly. would have thought that that guy you sent me a naked picture of earlier would have such a beautiful <laughs> a beautiful sentiment. Of. Hey, let's
2: put let's put some context around that. It's on the it's it's a, it's one of the picture sleeves of one of his 7-inch singles, all right? It's not like I've been looking up naked pictures of him.
1: Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever.
2: <laughs> it's so on Discogs, other, th- man. It's on Discogs. What can I tell you? The
1: other thing you said was that Beat was your given name. And, and I, I hate to make you tell that story twice, but, but I think our American listeners will be fascinated by this. So Beatman is your name, your actual name.
3: Yeah, it's a, a common name in Switzerland. It's uh, pronounced "Beart." They call it here "Beart," and when the parents gave me this name, I hated it. You know, it's like, "Oh my God, why this name?" Then I found out, okay, "Beart" sounds like "Beat." Oh, this is pretty cool. So, so I'm gonna make "Beatman" out of it. And the the second name, man, I I bought that name. So my real name is now "Beatman Seller." It's not. Bad. Excellent. Yeah. So when you're when
1: you're a kid growing up, and I, I don't know exactly how old you are, but you're a kid growing up in Switzerland, '80s, maybe late '70s. What uh, what are you listening to? What are you? What are you getting? Like good American punk rock or British punk rock, or what? What are your influences as a kid? What's on the radio?
3: On the radio was only classical music and Swiss folk music, and they had uh, half an hour. That means thirty minutes per week they had in the radio music for the youth. And uh, there, they, uh, they, you can hear like kind of uh, metal or early hard rock stuff like that. But what we had, uh, my father, he had a, like an old radio that you can uh, get uh, the old waves from 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 the radio. You know, you called UKW in Switzerland, and so we were able to listen BBC London, and then BBC London they had great uh, radio and we were listening through the night, like uh, early punk rock and uh, re- really early hard rock stuff and stuff like that. But in Switzerland, we didn't have uh, any underground music or, or popular music so, or rock and roll music, nothing at all. No, zero. <laughs>
1: that's funny, Neil. You were listening. I mean, that's the BBC. You were probably listening to the same thing, weren't you?
2: Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because, like, in the in the in the fifties and sixties in England, I mean, the radio stations were pretty much all government controlled, right? So you had BBC One, yeah. BBC Two, uh, Radio One, Radio Two, Radio Three, Radio Four. We had four radio stations, and Radio One was for the kids. It was just stupid pop music. Radio Two was talk, and Radio Three was classical. So it sounds kind of like the same thing in Switzerland. Actually, it sounds like they were kind of doing something similar, right? Was all government government run
3: it was totally yeah, yeah. but then in the 80s the, the revolution came also the pirate radio started and the uh, kind of the the underground people okay came up to the service and start to make their own radio station and they kind of occupied the the public radios then and they brought uh, more music for the youth also in the tv they had music for the, or, or shows for the, for the teenagers and stuff like that. And this, uh, when I grow up then as a teenager, uh, we started to create that. It was really helpful.
2: No, I actually, I, I actually remember, um, an early, uh, early-ish, like 78, 79 Swiss old girl punk band. I think was they called Kleenex maybe.
3: Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Band. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> primitive and super dada punk rock, amazing band.
2: They yeah. we were very
3: successful in England as well. So.
2: Yeah, I think they were on rough trade, I think, from what I remember. I think I used to have one of their singles. I think, yeah. I remember better. the name.
1: I don't I don't think I've ever heard them.
2: Yeah, I think they changed their name. I think they got sued by uh by the, oh, the Kleenex, yeah. So I think they changed the name to Lilliput, I think, at some point, right?
3: right. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's not nearly as catchy. <laughs> and and Marlene Marder, I think it was a guitar player or singer. She came to a couple of shows of the Monsters and Reverend Beatman. And the last time I saw her, she she came actually to me. I didn't know who she was. And she said, hey, Beatman, I love your music. Then I asked, who are you? Then she said, I'm Marlene from Lilliput. And I said, what the fuck? You know, I'm <laughs> such a big fan, so, but they don't know how they look like, so... But she knows me, and I was like, uh, I was like super proud of that. So <laughs>
1: it was like a fantasy, like a teenage fantasy, right?
3: Yeah, she was totally. These those girls were like in my dreams, like constantly. So, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so you
1: so you mentioned the monsters. Why don't we why don't we stick a song in here? So the monsters just put out a new album. I don't even know what album number it is. There's a lot of a lot of albums.
3: Uh, yeah, I also forgot. I forgot about how many. <laughs> you,
1: don't even, you don't even know. Well, it's called it's called your class. I'm trash, and we're gonna play a song from it. What, when you wanna, what, what? Why don't we just play them in the order he gave them to us, Neil? What what song are we gonna play first? I love you.
3: Yes, it's my favorite song. My, my favorite song of the whole album. So we actually wrote this album, you know, in this uh, lockdown time when the COVID took over. So we actually wanted to go on tour. But all uh, tour cancelled, so we took that free time to, to write the whole album and to record it. And this song, I think uh, it was all, uh, you know, cell phone recording. I recorded at home in the lockdown with the acoustic guitar and this was kind of a mellow, kind of a mellow song I recorded and like folky. And I brought it to the rehearsal space with the guys. And then we made this song out of it. You're going to hear it right now. It's my favorite fucking great song. (laughs)
1: All right, Monsters, I love you.
2: all right the monsters with I love you and we can dedicate that to Marlene from from Kleenex right
1: there you go.
3: Yes. Oh my God. Yes.
2: <laughs>
1: it's ironic that a, a all female punk band called the Kleenex probably sold a lot of Kleenex, right, for like cleanup purposes. Settle down. For Settle all the down. Young guys Over looking there. at the yeah. backs. The yeah, they backs don't. Think they they the don't record. call
2: them beat man for nothing.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I've been it's waiting you, to use that one.
2: You, you man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, hey, and like, just to interject so just to interject looking on discogs i mean i don't know how accurate discogs is but according to discogs uh the monsters it says they have eight albums
3: Four. Uh, yeah so many yeah. already yeah i mean a <laughs> lot of a fortunate. lot of
2: 45s too but yeah, uh, eight albums yeah uh,
3: we are we are not that productive so you know you we, we don't have to put out every year an album so sometimes it takes 10 years that we make a new album it depends uh who we are and where we go, and you know, we are a group. We we uh, we change constantly, our our moods and everything. So, and when we uh, when we have enough songs and when we feel to make a new album, then we make it. So it's not because of the market needs a new album. We we make the new album if we want to make a new album.
1: So, so you guys are you guys go back to like 1986, right? Thirty five yeah. years, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Are you are you are you the only guy from that original band, or is it the same? Is it some of the
3: same guys? Yeah, the bass player he came one year later, so we kind of you, so he's been with kind of almost the original lineup, yeah. And we uh, formed the band in uh, in Bern, Switzerland, when the whole youth revolution started with squatted houses and stuff like that. And did this quartered houses? Uh, we started to practice because uh, the problem is we we quartered uh, such an old building. You know, it was all made out of wood, and we uh, we were all punk rock fans, rock and roll fans, and uh, like 60s fans and all that stuff. And uh, we had uh, turntables and we uh, we spent records and then we all dancing. And the problem was the house was so old; it was so shaking, and the <laughs> music was. Always skipping, <laughs> so we thought, "What the?". Fuck? Then we we thought, "Okay, why not forming a band and play that song music?". So we formed the monsters actually because of that. Uh, actually, because of a need of us that we needed music.
1: So at the time, was the, was there a good was a good rock scene in Switzerland there in '86?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. very, very good, amazing. Uh, you, we uh, really are youth revolution. And Bern, it's a very, we are a small town. We are actually the capital of Switzerland, but uh, it's a small town where all the scenes are real together, you know, it's like the, the electro scene, Together with the punk scene, the punk scene. Together with the blues scene, the blues scene. Together with the rock and roll and the dance scene, whatever. It's uh the scenes. They are not like uh, separated there because we are very small. We have to work with each other. So it's uh, was an amazing time. and Still is. Oh, that's interesting. It's funny. So mm-hmm. I
2: was going to say it's very. It's the opposite of what it was like in England when I was growing up in the eighties, when in the seventies, when they all the different scenes would just fight with each other constantly. Yeah, Yeah. and
3: you—you can hear that. Of course, the punks were fighting with his with his with his skins as well. So yeah, Yeah.
1: Yeah. there wasn't as many of them.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, it's funny you can hear all that in not only the Monsters music, but in in the Voodoo Rhythm stuff because musically, yeah, I mean, I, I think I would call the Monsters a punk band or a garage band or whatever. But man, tons of blues. You definitely hear like that Delta Delta blues influence and and kind of that real. Primitive rock and roll, Chuck Berry type influences. You know, it's all in there. You know. Yeah. So um, let's, yeah.
2: let let's talk about that a bit. So the the label is called Voodoo Rhythm, which I assume was named after the Meteors song, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, think we love the Meteors, of course. So the cramps and the Meteors and the yeah. stingrays. Yeah. all those english uh, bands back then it's amazing so, but also the name voodoo rhythm stuck out so you know i was searching for a label name then i was a big fan of voodoo i was already in america in new orleans and uh, searching for the voodoo culture that was uh, was a half year back then in the usa and uh going through all the graves from all the blues uh, artists, you know, (laughs) in the USA. And of course, um, the Marty Lovia grave of uh, of New Orleans, I went and everything. And for me, Voodoo was was the thing, so it was great. And this name was uh, perfect for the label because uh, Voodoo uh, works with the inner demons Combinate with the demons from outside, it's, uh, it, it, it's always with a, like a beat, with a rhythm and stuff like that. It was a perfect name for the label.
2: So when, so when did you start the label?
3: I started also in the mid-80s, but wow. it was like a pirate, illegal label, like a tape label, only tapes with live tapes and the pirate stuff. So And then in 1992, I went professional uh, and uh, make everything legal. With uh, with contracts and all that stuff.
2: Yeah, you have a ton of—I mean—an absolute ton of releases on here. It looks like I mean, there's like six different pages of stuff with like all kinds of different bands. Is it mainly European bands that you have, or do you have bands from all over the world?
3: No, I decided back then not to uh, to make any countries. uh, You know, to just cut away all the countries. Just try to make try to find good music from all over the globe. It's not important if they are Swiss or from Japan or Africa or whatever. And the same went with the music style. And I didn't care about any music style. I just uh, I thought that 99% of all music is bullshit and 1% (laughs) is good from every style in every style in music. So I try to find the one percent that it's really good, and it can be Cajun, can be hardcore, can even be rap or whatever. I don't care. So they they are amazing musicians. Even mainstream has great stuff. So so I try to find that and try to put that out on the rhythm records.
2: Wow, that's hmm. that's really refreshing, Tom. Right?
3: Wow,
1: it is. It's very. It's definitely a different approach. I mean, I totally agree with him about the one percent thing. Yeah, I think you might even be a little generous. <laughs> I'll tell you what let's let's play some one percenter stuff let's let's slip another monsters track in there what's next on the list Neil?
2: okay it's uh actually I I want him to tell us well I know what this is about but I want him to introduce it first so this is going to be called electro bike asshole so uh so
1: <laughs> I, I think this might be lost on us Americans so yeah oh no this,
2: no that's... no I know I know what it is you've seen those those assholes riding those like electric bikes right
1: <laughs> <laughs> let's let the man explain it to yeah us. <laughs>
3: It's, it's, it's exactly about those guys. So, you know, it's, it's a good idea to have electrobikes, you know, but most time those bike drivers, they're like 40 plus. They are frustrated at home, you know, they don't even have sex probably anymore at home and stuff like that. <laughs> they just hate everybody on their fucking stupid electrobike. They're dressed like shit and I hate those guys. So that, <laughs> that's for me, that's the new, it's the new conservative squares
2: and we hate them all. <laughs> I'm digging it. I'm loving this guy more every second. He reminds me of, reminds got, me, of he, me.
1: He reminds me of you. you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There
2: we go. There we go. All right. So here all we right. go. The Monsters with uh, Electrobike Asshole.
0: Oh, Walk up in her seat Scratch bones In the light oh. the I am T'as
2: there with electric bike asshole yeah I mean over here one of the things that bugs me the most about them is that they don't ab- even though it's not the regular push bike uh, they yeah. they and they're supposed to obey the rules of the road they don't they'll go through stop signs they blew through stop lights they do whatever the fuck they want and that pisses me the fuck off
1: so, so I'm more anti the regular bike guys who wear the shorts and all that oh like yeah the whole, yeah, the, yeah they look outfit, the yeah. And the they, and the,
2: they look like they're in the tour de France Oh something yeah or something
1: yeah yeah, I agree hundred percent so so a lot of one of the things we've been talking to a lot of people about is the a lot of the label guys is the vinyl the vinyl issues going on. Are you having a lot of those issues too, or is it not quite as bad in Europe as far as getting vinyl records pressed these days?
3: Oh, that's a big problem, yeah, I had luck. I work with uh, GZ in uh, in Czech Republic for a long time, quite a, a big pressing plant and they, they still have enough vinyl. But uh, this record actually, this uh, new Monsters record should come out in three different labels. It's the Voodoo Rhythm label, the Slovenly records and Sounds of Subterranea and Slovenly records has big problems at the moment with their pressing plant. You know, They say they don't have enough vinyl to press. So it will come out in April or something like that. It is so, a big problem, big big problem. Yeah.
1: So Slovenly, there's that a, that's a US label, right? I think they've done they've done like Dwarves Records.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's a US label that makes the beats and every everybody. It's an amazing label. Pete is a. a a long time friend of mine and he makes the Swiss German version of our record. So we in on Voodoo Rhythm, we we sing the whole record in English. And then Pete asked us if we can sing the whole record in my native language, as well as so in Swiss German. So we recorded the whole album in Swiss German for Slovenian records.
1: Oh, no kidding. So is this, <laughs> I, th- I thought our mutual friend Matt might have told me, is this the first like full US release for the Monsters?
3: It is, yeah, and it's in Swiss German. It doesn't make sense at all.
1: Yeah, that's weird that your first US release would not be in English and you've been doing your regular records in English. Yeah, so so, you know,
2: so if we so It's if a we crazy wa- world, right? If we want it in English, we have to buy the, the European release or something.
3: Yes. And opposite, if you want to buy the Swiss German, you have to buy the European release. <laughs> that's
2: so weird, man. That's this so weird.
1: The, this might be the worst marketing disaster since New Coke.
2: Yeah. Yes,
0: it is. <laughs> Perfect.
1: (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. So, what? How many? No, I say, how many releases you guys got? I mean, did you did you
2: count them up, Neil? Were you able to figure out how many releases? Well, well, wait, was eight out the monsters you're talking about, right?
1: No, no, I'm talking about the. I'm talking about Voodoo Rhythm.
2: Oh, the oh, the label. Holy shit, Uh, that's a lot because it's six pages of uh six pages of stuff. One hundred
3: sixty or one hundred sixty or something like that. Oh, okay, that's that's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Is that your is that your full-time
1: job Beatman or you got to go punch the clock somewhere? I mean, is is running the label doing the monsters is that your is that, I mean, is that your day job or you got a you have a, like a regular job too?
3: No, actually my day job was uh, 20 years ago was only making music on I was on tour constantly. I was like 300 shows a day. A week I had, a month, a year. A year, year. yeah, 300
2: (laughs) shows a day, shit. man.
3: (laughs) And then uh, my son was born 20 years ago, and uh, the wife, she left uh, immediately. So I had a child myself, and I couldn't go on tour anymore, so I kind of pushed the label. So uh, since then, since 20 years, like, the voodoo rhythm became kind of my uh, almost day job, so yeah. But I still make like 150 shows a year. Like
1: well, do you? So, what's the what's the situation in Switzerland as far as live music and lockdown and all that? Because we, I know we've talked to people from different countries, and every country is kind of different. So, what's are you doing shows in Switzerland right now? Are you out? I mean, is are things kind of back to normal, or where are you at?
3: Yeah, we uh two days ago we had a big record release party here with like 800 people came and there was no problem. We have nice. this check, you know, you you have to be vaccinated if you want to go to a show to see a show. If you are not vaccinated, you can have a test and then you can show the test and still can go to the show, so it's no problems. But, some
1: of, uh, the, some the, of them here are yeah. doing that too. It, it's kind of hit it's kind of hit or miss. Some are like that, some aren't
3: but it's uh, around uh, europe it's every every county is different and so actually next week we played in the Heldorada festival that's in in uh, in holland in rotterdam uh, yeah. with with Katawar and uh, lots of other bands and this they just cancelled it they have they are now in a new in a complete lockdown holland and the same with Germany and France; they're going more more heavy now with the restrictions and stuff like that. But Switzerland is uh, it's very it's very easy about that. But uh, so well, it's we'll really
1: almost it. it's still pretty much impossible to book a European tour at this point.
3: Almost not, no. You can make like three or four shows in a row, but if you want to go two or three weeks in a row, it's it's just it's not possible. It's uh, because a lot of shows they got got off. Then you have a lot of space, and you cannot pay that that space. You need a hotel and stuff like. that. It's just it doesn't pay out. No, uh, hmm. but three or four shows in a row, it's it's it is possible with a whole tour. Uh, it's so hard.
1: You know, I know you have toured. You've toured the U.S. USA quite a bit, right?
3: Yeah, I did. Yeah, I was. I love it. I love it. I tell you
1: um did you do like full monsters tours over here did you because i know you do a solo thing and you did those you did that album with that uh was it isabel garcia you know i with is that her name that was kind of a yeah. more of a did you did you do full monsters tours here or are you talking like more like solo stuff
3: we do the we did a uh, small monsters tour. it was early 2000s there were where we played the CBGBs mostly uh in the oh, east nice. coast and uh then uh, like like seven, eight years ago, we, we did another Monsters tour because uh, we, we played in the Muddy Roots Festival. In... Yeah, I know you guys played Muddy Roots. Yeah, that's a yes, cool we... cool little festival. Yeah. And then we played around this area as well, up to Chicago, New York again, and stuff like that. So we'll,
2: oh, okay.
1: huh. well, I'll tell you what, what's, what's song number three, Neil? Surprise us with song number three.
2: This one is called Stranger to Me. Now, what, what is this one about?
3: Uh, that's a great time. Uh, we, we already put that out as a single on Slovenly Records like a couple of years ago as a special single, but these recordings are different. We recorded it this time different. It's about uh, when you get up in the morning and you look in the mirror and uh, you don't know who you are anymore. So it's, uh, it is, uh, <laughs> it's, it's not a lot of lyrics, but it's, uh, it's a distracting situation you, you have with yourself. Sometimes you don't know where you are, what place you are, and then you have your wife and your girlfriend next to me, and she's just uh, loves you. Who you are, and you don't understand. You don't. You cannot see. Why do you love me? Why do you love such a strange guy like me? <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay, all right. Well, there you go. Uh, introduced by the man himself. This is Stranger to Me by the Monsters. To me the monsters there uh so yeah so you're saying you've you've done like 300 dates a year um that's and that's in europe i assume when you've been doing that so is that is that is that just monster stuff or i mean are you in other bands as well or is it is it just the monsters primarily
3: no 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 monsters primarily monsters is very difficult to organize we are like uh, four people in the band and uh we I think we have nine nine kids in the band. It's very hard to, to organize all that stuff. Yeah, so but most shows I do by myself as Reverend Beatman one man band.
2: One man band? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So what do you do? When so you, you play do... you playing guitar and then doing the doing a drum with your feet or something? How's that working?
3: Yeah, I play that since uh oof. I started with Line and beatman in nineteen ninety two or something like that. Yeah. And it's uh kick drum hi hat guitar or vocals. Yeah. And loud and primitive as fuck.
1: Do you do you play um so I know you put out a bunch of solo albums. Like what do you when you play a show like that, what do you play? You play some monster stuff, you play your solo stuff, you just play whatever you want? Or I suppose you've got a lot of freedom at that point to kind of
3: go wherever you want to go, right? Yeah, no, no monster stuff at all. No, no. It's oh, a really? complete no No, 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 it's a complete different idea of making music. So when I started this uh, one-man band, it was the idea I I had five songs uh, that I wanted to play. And the next 10 songs I created live on stage. It was like a free thing. So I, I just made up things and make new songs and stuff like that and now it became more like a Reverend beat and preaching show so i i preach i, I whatever i yell and scream and <laughs> baptize people and whatever so what whatever happens it's like it's more like a performance thing i guess
1: so when you when you made up the first when you made up 10 songs on the spot did any of them survive did like any of them go on to become regular parts of your set or are they just here today yeah, gone tomorrow
3: Yes, yeah, yeah. and one song was uh, called I See The Light, so it became out of that, so it was kind of an idea, a freestyle idea, uh, it was, uh... and a couple of songs became, came out of that, so also Monster songs probably.
2: Huh, there you go, high speed songwriting. So this is kind of like <laughs> you're doing your own Hazel Adkins kind of thing, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, I was a big Hazel Atkins fan. So I went to, to the States in the, the, the late 80s to travel around the United States for a half year. And I took a camera and uh, I was searching for Hazel Atkins. So, so there was no internet, and no telephone. I didn't know where he is. I just knew that he lives in West Virginia. And so uh, Madison. And so I drove down to Madison and uh, went to the post offices, to all post offices, and asked uh, if they know Hazel Atkins. And then one post guy, he knew. Uh, he said, "Oh yeah, Hazel, the one-man band." And I said, "Oh yeah, I'm searching for him. So I'm a big fan. I'm from Switzerland." And they were really excited. "Oh, you're you're from Switzerland? Just came from for this for this crazy guy?" And then he said where I have to go. You know, I have to go there, there, here, and that river. I take a left where the cows <laughs> are. I take a right, stuff like that. But he said, please uh, take a gun with you or something like. <laughs> yeah, he's, very, he's a very dangerous guy. So, <laughs> so I went to the liquor store and I bought a, a bottle of tequila and drove to him and we had a good time. So. <laughs> oh, you did. So you did. You
2: did actually meet him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing! So, tell us, tell us a little bit about that. About what he was like? Was he, was he, was he sane? Was he, was he crazy? What, what was he like?
3: Yes. No, he's crazy like you and me. You know, he's great, great guy. So, he's a child in a human body, in a, in an adult body. You know, it's fantastic. So, and he had this, he he made it himself like a trailer park. So you know, like two or three trailers, and one was a kind of a guest house trailer probably his idea to make uh, a hotel out of this trailer park probably probably never did work out or something <laughs> like that so it, when he came in in this in, in his trailer he had uh, like a couch and on the right side was a big pot of soup where he just added <laughs> all the stuff in he ate constantly from this soup and in his uh, sleeping room there was filled like the, the walls were covered with Bible pages. Bible pages all over, everywhere, everywhere. Bible pages, and uh, some parts were crossed out and or written. And in between there was one picture of me as Lightning Beatman. He, he because I already sent him stuff, so so he hung my picture on his wall. It was like, oh, wow. Well, hopefully, <laughs> ho- hopefully
2: it didn't have like crosshairs on it with saying "kill this man now" or something. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
3: it was the sweetest person, sweetest person ever. That is amazing. Well,
2: That's an amazing story, my friend. That is that is awesome. <laughs> hey, you know what? You know what? I I, I think if you don't mind, um, can we put in uh, "She Said" by Hazel Adkins? Can we throw that in right here? Yeah,
3: please do, please do, yeah. yeah.
1: Right. I am I got I must admit my ignorance here about Hazel Adkins, but I'm I'm fascinated to hear this. So
2: well, you might you might know the song because The Cramps covered it. So um, okay. you, might, you might know the song. So anyway, so this is Hayes Lagkins, the original uh, crazy rockabilly one-man band with uh, She Said from, I don't know, what was it from, like 59 or something, whatever it was from. Anyway, here you go.
4: Well, I was going to tell you what happened. I went out last night and I got hitched up. When I woke up his body sure to see what I had in bed with me. He jumped up out of bed Pulled his hand down in looked at me like a guy in Canada, that commodity don't he said, he said, was going to get right.
2: There was uh, there Hayes Leckins with uh, with she said so uh, yeah. and uh,
1: that song that song's devoted to all of you who just want us to play minor threat and black flag songs all the time.
2: Yeah, I mean it doesn't get <laughs> it, it it doesn't fucking get much more punk rock than that. Just a well, it's, crazy it, guy it's from so, West Virginia fucking howling away by himself. It's
1: so funny. This is so typical of. The punk tie die rabbit hole where we just we never know where it's going to go, right? You never right. know. Never right. know where this should We We just let the wind we let the wind guide us. As a matter of fact, I think we probably should go ahead and follow that up with another monster song really quick to get back on track. What do you think, Neil? What's what's next on the list?
2: Oh, uh, well, it's a, it's, a, it's a song called Smell My Tongue, which he definitely has to explain. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> or not. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a song about uh, this working generation in a factory or in an office building where you have to lick your boss's asshole to get good grades ah. stuff like that. It's about that, so I hate that. I hate that.
2: <laughs> Agreed. So, uh, so there we go. So this is The Monsters with uh, the uh, lovely titled Smell My Tongue. My tongue there by the monsters excellent stuff excellent stuff loving it
1: so I know you you did a comp so so for voodoo rhythm you did a, a compilation album I think that came out pretty much the same time as the monsters album, right or it's it's coming out soon
3: yeah yeah, it uh, came out like a month earlier before the monsters record it's, okay. a, it's a picture disc it's an animated picture disc and with uh recent bands on it and uh, new bands on the labels so, it's like a retrospective of the label.
2: So what is that called, so we can look for it?
3: It's Voodoo Rhythm uh, brackets r- to Ruin Any Party, Volume 5.
1: So is it picking up, so is this something you did earlier in the label, and you, something you kind of revised? Is that what this is?
3: I just like these uh, compilation albums, and I, I I use that as a promotion thing for, for my bands on the label. So I, I, I press a lot of CDs and albums and, and spread it all over the world. And I think those bands on the, on my label has the right as well to, that the people know them a little bit. So, you know, they are like off the radar. They are uh, they're outsiders, they are not a uh, music style that uh, you're gonna play in a radio show and stuff like that. So I thought if I can push it as good as possible, and maybe they have some more listeners. I have a band on it. Uh, his, his name is Nesta Donuts. He's from uh, <clears throat> Alicante in Spain and he makes uh, flamenco trash. And uh, have you ever heard a music style called flamenco trash? I never heard that. So. No, s- no, sir. No. Never, never heard that before. <laughs> so he plays that and this is just like amazing. You know i when i heard it the first time i thought what that this crisis is amazing you know if 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 this disappeared this guy nobody will ever hear that music so so i try to uh, push this guy and uh, lots of other bands on the label who makes uh, strange music as well
2: damn it i want to buy mm-hmm. this but i'm not seeing it available in the mm-hmm. states damn it
1: <laughs> well I, uh, you know No, go ahead, Neil. I
2: was going to say I want him to explain. So you said it was an animated picture disc. Please to explain what that means.
3: Yeah, it's like uh, you turn the record. You know when the record turns, and you can see uh, like a a girl is shaking the body and uh, or a skull. It's uh, taking the eyes out and stuff like that. It's like in the third uh, in the thirties, this uh, primitive movie theaters. You know when you when you have these rotating things that. uh, create a uh, movement of, of some things uh, like a projector, like the old
2: projector thing. Yeah. yeah. Why is nobody? I've never heard of that. I don't know why anybody else hasn't well, th- thought of that. But I've never see, seen think, that on a picture disc.
3: Probably so, Jack White did that already. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh okay. So right. you talk about
2: using,
1: you talk about using a pressing plant in Czech Republic. Is that the is that the same one that the pirates press guys use? Do you know by any chance? Because I know there's the, yeah, that's the
3: That's the same. That's the same pressing plan.
2: Because,
1: yeah. Neil, I think they did something like that too. It is pretty impressive. I think the Ratchets did a single like that on oh, 45.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I've, no, I've just never heard of that before. But, man, I want to get a hold of this, of this record. I'm just trying to find it, someone that does, does it. Has
1: it. Sound, does it sound as good as Black Vinyl? I mean, does it sound good? It's not not like wonky sounding?
3: Yes, yeah, so it's it's like a picture disc, you know, in a picture disc, you have two vinyl discs and in between those two vinyl discs, you glue like a, a picture in it. So, And yeah. so they make the vinyl a little bit thinner than a normal vinyl. It's not 140 degree, 80 grams, it's probably 80 grams or something like that. But I, I was happy with my... With, 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 my picture disc uh, and i see that that the vinyl quality is very good it's very thick the whole thing so so it works really fine nice
2: that's cool that's cool so that that just came out you said like a month ago or something
3: yeah something like that and we are distributed in the usa as well through uh, cobra side cobra side
1: I used to buy a lot of stuff from Cobra's side. They used to be yeah. really big back in the day. Uh,
2: okay, well, yeah, you have to send me a link to them, Tom, because I wanna, it's I funny check it out. when
1: we started when we started doing this this podcast. We because both of us grew up in the older era of punk rock, where it was a lot of letter writing and a lot of sending stuff back and forth. We kind of took that ethos on. So, like we always like, I send stickers out. We send stickers out to our listeners and stuff like that, and it's kind of fun. One thing that Monster Voodoo, Monster Voodoo, that Voodoo Rhythm does. Uh, Beatman probably handles all this stuff himself. They hand, once in a blue moon I'll get from Switzerland an envelope, and I'll open it up, and there'll be a CD inside Neil, and it's the coolest. It's a direct promotion thing, and I think it works really well because if somebody takes the trouble to send me a CD from Switzerland, you know damn well I'm going to take the time to write a review of it, right? So. uh it's a it's kind of like a direct marketing thing that he does, kind of an old school punk rock throwback thing. That I think I, I mean I don't know I don't know if it works well. It works well for me. I don't know if it works well in general. But do you think that you get pretty good results with that kind of system you use, B man?
3: Yes, more and more. So uh, a lot of people write me back and uh, thanking me for that because probably nobody ever does that anymore. So not I'm, very
1: much. No, it's pretty unusual. Yeah. It's pretty
3: unusual. You know, as, for me, it was normal, you know, when I, I write labels, for example, then I say, hey, let's trade some records, uh, you give me five of your records from your label, I give you five of my like, records, so you sell my records and I sell your records, so that's kind of, uh, I'll help your label and you help my label, but it's think uh, so think this idea also doesn't work anymore, so nobody really so hard. it's really strange I'm uh, kind of a little bit shocked that this culture that we build uh, this punk culture you know that everybody helps each other that we grow or or music style you know it's it's underground music it's uh, it's not mainstream music that this kind of disappeared i'm really kind of sad about that.
1: Yeah, it is different, isn't it? It's much different than it was 25 years ago. Because, yeah, everybody was trading 25 years ago, trading seven inch. My band put out a seven inch. Yeah, you give me 10 years. I'll take 10 years. We'll sell them at each other's shows and
3: all that stuff. Yeah. 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 I, I know, like I this to... idea. It's a great idea. You know, Absolutely. I still do that. I have still uh, bands from Indonesia, I have bands from Australia and stuff like that. I trade direct with all the bands. So I have a record shop here in Bern. You can find records from bands uh, there. Nobody has, you know, it's, they're just, uh, they just trade uh, live. When I play live with those bands, I trade with those bands because I want to distribute those bands, I want to help them as well. So I think I wonder... it's a good idea. So.
1: I wonder if it's because those bands have a real true underground scene where in like the United States or maybe Switzerland, the music is so popular, so mainstream that they don't even really need to do that anymore. You know, an Indonesian band. I mean, how happy would you be if I mean, I'd be thrilled if somebody in Indonesia listened to us right Neil? I mean, that'd be that'd be amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think that they probably they probably feel the same way. I mean, an Indonesian band would be thrilled if some German kid bought their record. Right. Yeah. So. It All does, right. Um, I mean, it, it, are does, you...
2: it is. A, I mean, it is a worldwide phenomenon, though. I mean, punk rock is is worldwide, right? And uh, so, yeah. I mean, I think that's awesome. What you're doing is, I think it's fantastic. So,
1: because it's pretty hard for me, a middle-aged man in the Midwest, to hear an Indonesian band. You know, it would <laughs> well, be very
2: difficult. Well, <laughs> well, n- well, not as much as you'd think, and not with the rise of the internet, in anyway. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the that's internet. the one thing the internet's done, right? It has allowed us to to hear music from all over the world whereas in the 80s or something you would read about it in maximum rock and roll or something but getting a hold of it you'd have to write get a cassette or something you know that kind of thing and you know
3: so but you said you was amazing to get around the world the internet was a big help i remember touring you know back in the 80s 90s or getting my records around it was a pain in the butt but now like to organize a tour, it's so easy. You know, back then you have the fax machine that you cannot even read the street names and stuff like that. <laughs> now you yes, have Google Maps, you know it's, it's you push the bottom and you're you're there, so it's like it's amazing. Well, I love it well, that's why
2: well, that's why your Hazel Ladkin story, it really spoke to me because yeah, I mean back back in the eighties, you would have had no idea where this cat lives. And so you just followed nope. up on a on a, nope. on a on a on a clue and just went to the damn post office, which is a really smart thing to do. But that's what we had to do back then. We had to do stuff like that because everything wasn't readily available on the internet like it is now. So yeah, that, yeah, that's a great story.
1: Well, and that's why I like what he does with sending out the CDs and the envelopes and the little press releases because it does that human touch. Because we miss that with the internet. As great as the internet is. For all that stuff, there's nothing is as good as going to your mailbox and having something in your mailbox.
2: That's true. Yeah, I agree with you. Even if
1: it's just some stickers or a CD or whatever, you know what I mean? I I just think there's something because that's the kind of it taps into that DIY kind of spirit from when we were kids, I think is what it is. I think it kind of triggers that.
3: So you- I, like this idea. I like this idea of the human touch. I can tell you a story here. So, you know, we have the postman here. We have the postman always comes to the door and stuff like that. And now in Switzerland, they have a different rule that they they don't send the same postmans to the same places anymore because they are talking too much to the people. They ah. are <laughs> too friendly. So they have to change. You know, this is the same. You know, they don't want that people have touch each other, you know, that they, they they communicate with each other. They don't want that. But this is so bizarre. It this is world bizarre. is so bizarre. You know. It doesn't make sense to me, you know, when I hear stuff like that. So it makes me sad. That's why I want to change, and I want to do it my way. I want to, I want to talk direct to the guys who plays my music, and I love that, so it's really good. So,
1: so all right, I'm going to ask you one more question, then I'll see if Neil, if Neil has any more questions. I'll let you go. We've already gone over the time that you... The time but we really appreciate you uh talking to us it's been a lot of fun so you uh you said you have a record store you, you just have a, I mean, a regular record store down in burn somewhere are you are you a big collector too are you a big record collector
3: yes i am a big uh, collector but uh, we had a warehouse and we always made once a year we made a warehouse party when the people came To buy stuff in a warehouse, and I was trading so much records with other bands, so there was no space. So uh, we find a space in old town in Bern, and where we have a record store now since like eight or nine years, and it became like a meeting point for young people. It's uh, it's really good, really good. So for the underground punk punk uh, community in Bern, it's a very important sport now.
1: Oh well, Neil, mental note: if you ever make it to Bern, (laughs) I, I I don't know, I couldn't point to Bern on a map. But if you ever make it to Switzerland, we're going to have to go check out.
2: Oh, 100 percent. Yeah.
1: What's the name of the store? Say the the name of the store again. Called The Hardware Store. The Hardware Store. (laughs)
2: Interesting.
1: Interesting.
2: So we actually had one more song to play. So this uh, the last song was going to be called Dead. So do you want to tell us a bit about this one?
3: Yeah, it's, uh, it's also one of acoustic song. I, I, I was playing for years. I didn't know where it goes when I brought it in the uh, in practice room. It turns out like this song, so and uh, it has a, it's uh, it's an instrumental kind of instrumental song, and I love that song a lot. And uh, and uh, we're gonna shoot a video. Uh, with uh, Oscar Bizarre, he's uh, from uh, France, and acting. It's gonna be a Beatrice Dall. She's kind of a famous actor in France. She makes like uh, like soft porn movies, stuff like that. So. We
2: like that. <laughs> we like that. Yeah.
1: Soft, hard, whatever. Yeah. We like it all.
2: Yeah. So anyway, so yeah. So this is the uh, monsters with uh, the last song tonight. This one's called Dead. <laughs> Monsters there with with dead. Um, I had I had a, I had just a couple more questions for you. So when I was looking sure. at when I was looking at the releases from the label, there was a band there was a band with a name that I absolutely love, and it could be something I came up with. A band called the Pussy Warmers. Uh, do you want do you want to talk about them for a second? Because I absolutely love that band name. <laughs>
3: Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that was really hard. They, they came, you know, they're from the Italian part. In Switzerland, we have four different languages. We're a small country, eight million peoples. We have four different languages. And one language is Italian. And this part speaks only Italian. And they came to me and they said, "Hey, the beat man. We have a we have a band. They called the Pussy Warriors. We want to make a record on voodoo rhythm. Then I said, "You know, with that name, well, what can I do with that name? Come on, <laughs> I cannot even sell that name. It's not possible, you know." Then they <laughs> sent me the recordings. It was so amazing, you know. It's like wow, it's like funeral music, kind of uh, very strange, bizarre music. So. And then I said, Hey, I'm gonna make it, but I'm gonna make the record covers. So I made a record cover with the nude girl on it, uh, with a pussy on the on, on the herb or on her lap with the cat yes. with pussy. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. Yes, it's, it's, And it it's, worked, that the name then the whole concept worked then. <laughs>
2: No, that, amazing. Yeah. Well it did yeah it actually stuck it stuck out to me straight away for some reason I don't know why that would be um and then you know the other thing so that hayes ladkin story was so amazing um of all the times you've been touring and all around the world it sounds like are there any other stories like that that you have like crazy stories about other bands or about people that you've met or whatever
3: Oh yeah, there are many, so but I mostly forget them. But one, one is a nice one. We played in Japan in a little little, little town, also a little farm town or so, and we played in the, in the middle of the town. In they have a had a, a room there, and they organized the monsters. You know the monsters are, We were super loud, super nasty, and super wild. you can imagine just like just noise, 110 dBs, just noise. Anyways. And they organized ours for the town party. You know, everybody came from the town. Mm-hmm. There were people 90 years old. There were kids like five, six, seven, eight years old. Beautiful girls, ugly girls, like like everything. Like the whole town came. And then we thought, what the no? Why, why did you organize us? It doesn't. Why? What the fuck? Then uh, we started to play, and but just we, gave, we we played the loudest show ever and the wildest and so, and the the funniest thing was everybody was dancing you know there was this 90 year old grandma you know we, we are sweating we are spitting you know we, we get naked on stage and stuff like that and they loved it this is such a bizarre show so this is like it uh, was for me one of the most bizarrest show i ever did in my life it was so funny that,
2: that actually sounds very fun yeah um so so yeah so you have toured all over the world then
3: Yeah, well, yeah, I'm lucky. Yeah, I play all the continents with Africa, with uh, Asia, North, South America, Europe. I played kind of everywhere.
2: Wow, that's that's awesome. Uh, And also, looking at some of the pictures, obviously you guys are wrestling fans. So is that that's true? I assume, right? Pro wrestling.
3: Yeah, it's the same uh, year. This end '80s when I went to the USA and I was traveling around. Uh, and i went was in los angeles and then uh i was so, i saw those posters about lucha libre
0: mm-hmm.
3: you know that i said, oh, let's go let's go then I, I, I went to the, the wrestling show. I was blown away. It was fucking amazing. Then I bought the wrestling masks. And when I came home, I said to myself, I have to do something with that mask. So I started a one-man band. It called uh, Lightning Beatman uh, Wrestling Elvis. Then I wear a wrestling mask. And on stage, I fight it against myself. <laughs> and I won, and always won. That was my kind of show. It was fun. <laughs>
2: that's all that's awesome so many great stories man so many great stories tom anything else buddy no
1: i think i'm gonna let Beatman go back to his life but i I was just gonna say i i appreciate you coming on and talking to us i hope that uh i hope that we can turn you on to some young american kid who's never heard of you and i hope that someone will listen to you in switzerland and some young kid in switzerland will listen to us who's never heard of us i think it's a beautiful uh, potential for a match
3: made in heaven yeah, agreed. Yes, totally. Send me your music. Send me your music. Everybody listen to. It. I love strange, obscure music. Send it to me. I put it out, and I'm gonna make you guys famous.
2: So, like I
1: said, the Jello, the Jello Jell- offer of Switzerland, Neil. I told you.
2: Well, talking about that. So, how can people get a hold of you? what's what's some of your uh social media stuff or whatever
1: yeah yeah why don't you have, Yeah, we you got a store i know you got a record store and everything else so what yeah why don't you give everybody your information so they can find you and stalk you it's, hunt you down yes yeah,
3: it's, it's the best of the web page www.voodoorhythm.com and there all the information is on there so there you go
1: well thanks so much for thanks so much for coming to talk to us b man best of luck to you and uh I hope one day you make it back to the States and we can, because like Neil's close to Chicago and I'm actually not that far from Chicago. So we go to shows in Chicago pretty regularly. So if you come yeah, back, through, uh, Neil will gladly buy you a shot. More more. It
3: doesn't look good with this COVID thing. So it's so, I hope yeah. it's over soon. I want to come back to the USA so bad. And my daughter, she lives. I have a daughter in Los Angeles. Oh, She's 15 it. years old. I haven't seen her for three years now. So oh no, that's,
2: man, that's sad. Sorry about guilty. that. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I hope, you, I hope you can make it back. And, and
1: I, I, if we ever make it to Switzerland, like I said, we'll, we will certainly look you up. We'll, we won't even use the Internet. We'll just use our old school sleuthing skills like you used on Hazel Adkins. We'll just show up and burn yeah. and just start asking people on the street. Have you seen the Beatman? Do you yeah. know where the Beatman's at? I'm looking for the Beatman <laughs> until <laughs> we hunt you down.
2: Well, well actually just, just, actually, just one more thing. So are you playing any festivals in, in England next year? Like do you, do you ever play Rebellion or anything like that? Do you, are you playing any shows in England?
3: no nothing in nothing?
2: england nothing oh okay all right well that's a shame cuz i might come over for rebellion next year so if you were going to be there yeah. that would be cool but
3: okay i still think i still think it's so it's so quick at the moment it's so quick i get the offers normally one month before a concert or a festival is then i uh, we have to make the show it's not like uh, you uh, organize a year ahead so it's like everything yeah. is so quick at the moment so. Gotcha. But nobody knows maybe i play maybe not so,
2: okay
1: Cool. All right. Hey, well, hey, listen, listen, thanks so much, man.
3: Yep.
2: Appreciate hey, it very thank much. Thank you for it giving was, us it was your great, time. It was,
1: great to, it was great to meet you. Like I said, hopefully, we can have a beer,
2: a room temperature yeah, like beer you. these days. Great
1: to <laughs> talk to you guys. Huh? Yeah.
2: Okay. Thank right. you very much. Thanks, right. man. We'll talk to you. See ya. Bye. Bye. Well,
1: that was the Jell Biafra of Switzerland right there. <laughs> Reverend Beatman, I hope you all enjoyed that as much as we did, because I actually uh, had a great time talking to him.
2: So. Yeah, it was really weird. When you first said that we're going to speak into this a guy called Beatman from Switzerland, I was like, what the hell is this going to be about? But <laughs> it actually, I thought it turned out really, really well. And some of his stories were, were fantastic. I, I, I could have spoken for like three hours to him, I think. I think he just had oh, any was, number of stories. I always tell you, Neil, trust my instincts. It's right 90% of the time.
1: The ten percent of the time I'm wrong has created some real stinkers, but ninety percent, man, ninety nah, percent, I'm there.
2: No, nah, you know what, man? Right. No, no, even the even the kind of difficult ones, they're still entertaining. You know, and we do try. You know, we swing at everything, right? We swing at everything, yep. and sometimes well, we hit a home run, and sometimes it's uh, it's not so. Tell good. me
1: again. If, tell me again if for this weekend. <laughs> so, all right, man. It sounds anyway. So, you know, you know the deal, guys.
2: Yep. Signing off. So, yeah. So, um yeah, punctilidie77 at gmail.com uh, and then, yeah, join our Facebook group and uh, if you're a new listener, write in and we'll send you some stickers. That kind of thing. There you go. So, uh, anyway, yeah, as always, stay free, keep a little mark in your heart and we cool. smell you later. Smell you later. Bye-bye.